0: I'm a laughing stock. You are going to die. And I'm suspended until I do a report on all the works of some guy named Poe. You mean like the Telltale heart? Yeah. You really know that one? Well, sure, it's the one with
1: cousin it. Really? Yeah, come on, I'll tell you all about it.
2: Let's rock. I get it
3: whooping.
4: No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Jerry, Justin, and Al. Hey guys, it's the Married with Children podcast. It's Wednesday, we're in the nudie bar, we're having a good time, and we're playing with our dolls. The guy who uh, has a Barbie doll with a crescent-shaped imprint in its foot is joining me tonight. Jerry, what's up, man?
5: I mean, sometimes you have to do things like that so you can know who is who.
4: Yeah, I'm going to brand you, actually, before the show is over because we have to keep track of you.
5: What, am I going to run away?
4: (laughs) You never know. And uh, we're also joined by the guy who made a deal with a homeless guy, gave up his baseball cards just to get on the show tonight. Justin, what's up, man?
3: Well, you know, hobbies are hobbies, and I have a lot of hobbies. I could always find a new hobby.
4: Yeah. When starting a baseball card collection, Al and Steve sell Marcy's old Barbie doll they must get it back but they learn the shop they sold it to was robbed so they would have to search downtown chicago and ask every bum on the street what is your guys overall opinion of this episode because this is a very strange episode in the world of married with children it's like we talked about low-key episodes before and it probably doesn't get more low-key than this like such a random
3: it starts off like a regular episode i guess And then I was watching it and then I kind of just thought to myself, I was like, I was like, this is kind of a weird, how did this get like from idea to page to shooting type of episode? (laughs) You know what I mean? Where it's like, it's not necessarily like, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just like, huh, this is like, (laughs) like create creatively wise. It's just sort of like, remember that episode? Not really. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's what this one kind of feels like. Like, it's going to be, like, one of those non-memorable ones. Yeah,
4: I don't think anyone in the world is going to remember this.
5: Okay, so I had seen this episode before, and I know I've seen this episode before, because as I'm watching it, I would be like, okay, yeah, I remember that, and then it would go into a completely different thing, and be like, I do not remember this at all. Like, Mm -hmm. I just constantly flip-flopped this entire episode on whether I'd seen this or not. Like, just... Every event leading to another, even weirder event. I, I, I didn't, I was, is this a Twilight Zone episode of Married with Children? <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a It's a weird one. I. One of the best aspects of it, there's like three things going on at once here. Al and Steve are getting into baseball card collecting. Bud is having this whole thing going on with Kelly. He has this whole big intro where he's, going back and forth with his mom and he's so confident and so he's not worried about anything that she's talking about and normally a kid that age would be terrified if their parent was talking to them about how they're failing in school or whatever but he's you know he's like whatever then the third story is marcy and her barbies and peg being involved with it And then it turns into a whole thing where it's all together because now they have to look for it because it infiltrated the whole story of them because they needed money for their baseball cards. Then they bring Bud into their story also by trying to get him into this hobby. So it's like, it's very strange. It's like a bunch of ideas they threw into a blender, like literally.
3: Yeah, I think that the beginning early stages of the episode where it's like, the dynamic with bud and kelly and we see it play out a little bit more later i like that it feels that feels like married with children right there that's classic and then the like it almost feels like at first you know al and steve steve get into a uh, like something and then they're gonna do something stupid and then they're gonna have to fix it but then what it is and how it plays out is just kind of oddball i don't know it's just, just the scenes of them walking, like through the streets and like the Barbies like tied to like the motorcycle and stuff. <laughs> it just, it, it just, it almost seemed like a j- goddamn dream. It was weird.
5: I, I feel like Seth MacFarlane watched this specific episode as a kid and was like, "This is how I'm gonna do every Family Guy episode." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, randomness.
4: <laughs> and- It's weird because – oh, so one thing I asked the both of you is something happens in this episode that has appeared on every single episode of our podcast. Did you figure out what it was? I'm running the intro through my head. Uh, No, not the intro. Wait, not the intro? No. Oh, but it's something that happens.
5: Oh, the music for for Jamie. Yep. Comes from this episode when they're walking the streets. (laughs) That was planned – On the episode today, when I was watching, I was like, I know this music. Who is this from? Was this used, like, in, like, uh, another show or something? Are they, like, making fun of something? And I could not figure it out. And now... Yeah, your show. (laughs) Yeah, 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 it's my... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh... And once I listened to Married With Children podcast yesterday, I literally (laughs) just heard
4: that music. And it still didn't come together. Uh... Yeah, that, that whole scene of them walking through the streets, I always liked it. I, I like nighttime things outdoors, and it's a little chilly out, and you're, like, bundling up like they were walking around just, you know, the streets of Chicago, because you never get to see that. And that okay, music—
5: No one throws away trash. Not a single person throws trash in a trash can.
4: Yeah, right.
3: <laughs> Alex, you're what you're saying right now is literally the feeling I had last night. Uh, I went and seen The Goonies— uh, at the wa- it's called The Waterfront. It's like near Pittsburgh. It was like, so when we exited out, you know, everything's like lit up and there's all this neon everywhere. And it's like a nice, cool breeze, like, like summer night. And it reminded me of this.
4: Yeah, I love that entire atmosphere and that feeling and stuff like that. So, and that music was just perfect. It really me- felt like Chicago. That song is actually called, uh, I think it's You Belong to the City or something like that. Or we belong to the city one of the two maybe i think it's you though and i don't know when i when i needed a song for G, like the background of jamie dropping all of our social media stuff <clears throat> i definitely wanted it to tie in a with children and that song i don't know maybe last time i watched this even before i even thought of doing this show i for some reason really liked it and i said i i gotta figure out what this is So somehow I did. I don't know how it was. I remember downloading it, then I had to go and say, I don't want to hear these guys singing, though. So I want it to be just like this. So then I had to go and sort of find a karaoke version of of it, and that's what you hear on our show. Uh, But yeah, so I like that whole atmosphere. So I'm not saying this is a bad episode. I just think it's like a it's a weird one, and it's definitely not getting anywhere near a high rating, unfortunately, even though there are great aspects. Let's talk about some of them. So...
0: No, I've got to start doing better. I've got this book report due, and I haven't even read the book. It's called <laughs> Robinson
1: Crusoe. Well, oh, I've read that. I can help you. For a small fee, of course.
6: <laughs>
1: okay. Robinson Crusoe was marooned on a desert island. The only people there were him, Friday, the professor, Mary Ann Ginger... <laughs> Wait a minute. Slow down. Slow down. The professor... (laughs) Right. Now, in the first chapter, they had to get around the island. So Gilligan, I mean, uh, Robinson and the professor built a car that ran on coconuts. Oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Robinson always sang this little song around the island. You may want to do it in front of the class.
6: <laughs>
1: it shows you read carefully. Just sit right back and you hear a tale,
6: a tale of a fateful trip.
1: It started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. The mate, that's Robinson, was a mighty sailing man, the skipper brave and sure. Five passengers set sail that day for a three hour tour. A three-hour tour. <laughs> Twice? <laughs> it's important. <laughs> That's mom and dad. Come on, let's just
0: Tell them that I'm upstairs working really hard on my report. <laughs> I'm finally going to get an A. <laughs> you
3: know what's funny about those jokes is I probably have never watched a single episode of Gilligan's Island in my entire life. Yet I understood the go the the excuse me, the joke because how ingrained in pop culture Gilligan's Island is. Like I had a I knew as soon as he, he started going into it, I was like, I think he's I think he's tricking her into learning about about Gilligan's Island or doing her report on Gilligan's Island.
4: See, I thought where you were. Oh, by the way, guys, this is, a, this is the first episode of 1988, January 10th. Just want to throw that in there. So we're, Whoa, we're and... yeah, we're finally out of 87. Yeah, where I thought you were going with that is, I thought you were going to say the fact, and I'm, I agree with you. I don't, I do feel like I must have seen a few minutes of Gilligan's Island, but that's about it. Yeah, but um, I thought you were going to say. How does Kelly not know what he's doing? Because uh, especially for that time, like back 30 years ago, it was a little bit more popular, obviously, than it is now.
5: Well, uh, Gilligan's Island was was from the 60s. I know, but still
4: do because there were like reruns like crazy back then
5: yeah but i feel like uh sh- i don't feel like kelly watches a lot of tv i feel like she watches she listens to a lot of music music videos more well than- it's yeah. also
3: just to prove how stupid kelly is that she yeah. doesn't realize it
5: a lot of times back then you only had the main family tv and maybe the parents had a tv in their bedroom but the kids didn't have a bedroom they had their boom box so they listened to a lot of music
4: right yeah i guess uh but bud seems to know and he's a lot younger i don't know
5: uh but i feel like boys watch more tv than girls growing up
4: yeah because we're less popular
5: than girls you're right we <laughs> mature way like they mature faster so they're already doing makeup while we're watching gilligan island reruns yeah <laughs> Yeah, hey,
4: hey, i guess that's what they were doing while i was watching marrow children reruns
5: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. so that's all look at so i'm the only one here who's actually like watched gilligan's island
3: yeah probably
5: damn you gonna start a podcast yeah I'm leaving this one (laughs) as soon as Steve's gone I'm leaving to start my Gilligan's Island podcast Uh, right after we do all this Gilligan's Island stuff uh, Peggy and Al come home and Peggy's hair is huge in this episode by the (laughs) way I don't know if either one of y'all noticed. so uh, Bud comes up to her and was like oh yeah uh, Kelly's in trouble and she goes no Kelly moves up to a solid D there was no joke there for them to make and I'm really surprised no one made that joke but maybe it's She moved up to a solid D. Oh, like her bra size? No, like you're about to get the D. Oh, my God.
3: They didn't say the D back then. (laughs) Yeah,
5: I guess that's true. But it's so ingrained into me now that anytime I hear it, BBC, baby,
3: nobody said that at all. (laughs) Yeah.
5: So she says, but we did see your social studies uh, project. Brazil, the land of rubber and sunshine. And do you want to explain this picture of Kelly in a bikini? <laughs> yeah.
3: And
5: yeah. And but goes, what does
3: rubber and sunshine mean?
5: Well, sunshine because it's it's Brazil and they have a lot of yeah, sunshine yeah. and beaches. Uh, and I th- I'm pretty sure rubber
4: was a big export for them. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Brazil's a land of rubber. I thought it was a land of coffee or something. <laughs> or no, it was a Colombia. Land of waxing. That's Colombia. Oh, waxing.
5: <laughs> yeah. And he goes. Well, it Ill- it illustrates the easy sex in Brazil. <laughs> but he started out with a joke. The whole ep- episode started out with a joke about Kelly being pregnant.
4: I know. Like, they don't... And, and it's weird because we talked about, is it appropriate to have Kelly leaning over the ball return in the Alley of the Dolls because she's only, like, you know, 15 or so here. Uh, or I guess now she's 16 at this point.
2: <laughs> you know, Al... I think I know what the problem is. He just has too much free time. Now, what can we do about that? Well, we could get him a wife. I meant like a hobby. You know, a father-son thing. Something he could learn from you. Let's see. You can't teach balding. He already knows how to go to the bathroom. And he's too young to drink.
5: G-Pig, if you wanted a hug, why didn't you just ask for one? Did either one of y'all have a father-son hobby that you and your dad did together? Well,
3: I mean, when I was really young, uh, me and my pap really got into, like, WCW. <laughs> so, like, wrestling. But I think that's kind of it. I never, like, we fished for a little bit, but we never had, like, an actual hobby.
4: Yeah, fishing gets old real quick.
3: What about you, Alex?
4: Um, just the bowling thing. Um, I have this weird dynamic with my dad where a lot of the things that he's into, whenever I got into him, he suddenly lost interest in it.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the nerds into it. I'm Is out. Dad? Yeah, it sounds like no.
4: Jerry's dad. Yeah, like I – my dad was like not having it, man. Like he was way into Howard Stern. When I started listening to Howard Stern, he said, I can't take it anymore. It's the same old show every day when he was into wrestling, I got into it, and then he said, no, it's just stupid now. I liked it before. I was like, okay. And, you know, this went on. I remember uh, he got me into listening to the Beatles, and then I would be playing them all the time, and I would talk about them. He goes, I just can't listen to this anymore. Uh, I've heard them all so many times. And meanwhile, he has, like, tattoos of John Lennon and stuff. <laughs> like, it's just, it was just... Yeah, something is like... <laughs> is a miss here. I don't know what's going on with this, but, uh, bowling is the only thing that me and him could seem to, uh, both like at the same time. Even when I, when I got into football, he just stopped watching for like 10 years or whatever. Like, it's just like really weird. Yeah. I,
3: I know that too, because my pap used to watch football when I was a kid and, and I was not interested in it at all. And like, now I'm obsessed with it and he doesn't even know what's going on. You know, he at all, <laughs>
4: Yeah, it's it's pretty sad. How about you, Jerry? Did 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 your dad ever force a hobby on you?
5: Nope. He was uh he was busy doing important things like uh drinking with his buddies and uh you know, that kind of fun stuff. So no, we never had hobbies. We now we're into stuff together now, but growing up everything that I was into was dumb and he didn't he thought it was stupid and everything that he was into I didn't care about, like, drinking and football. Right.
4: Well, my dad did that same thing with me. Like, uh, he definitely thought everything I was into was stupid. Like, he did not. Like, anything I got into before, anything I got into by myself that he had no input on or no uh, persuasion in uh, was stupid and a waste of time and who does this and blah, blah. Yeah,
5: yeah. But I will give my dad credit for one thing: he would give he like even though he would be like this is stupid, he would support it. Like he he thought uh, WWF wrestling was the stupidest thing in the world. But you know when he went on uh, a business trip to Japan, he brought me back Japanese wrestling magazines. He would you know wow stupid. He would still you know uh, make sure I was first in line to go see godzilla 2000 when that hit theaters your
3: dad's pretty smart
5: he oh oh yeah yeah no actually he really is he's extremely intelligent it's infuriating sometimes
2: it's us Stephen marcy hurry it's important
3: (laughs) (laughs) excuse me sir do you know these people no. Al. <laughs> please. We picked them up for
2: soliciting at a Joe's
3: cocktail lounge.
5: Uh, I told you, officer, we were just role-playing
2: to spice up our marriage. And we lost our ID when we were running from you.
7: It's all a big mistake. Tell him who we are, Al. Uh, it's the neighbors, the hooker,
3: and the sailor.
7: <laughs>
6: I
3: see. Just a little yuppie gameplay, huh? <laughs> Let me tell you something about police. We don't like it when you jerk us around. I could be out there scaring kids or driving with the siren on.
5: (laughs) So next time you want to put some fun in your marriage, do what me and my wife do. Cheat on each other. (laughs)
2: Oh, Marcy, that's a nice outfit. Can I borrow it? I, I have a wedding to go to.
5: <laughs> Not the first time they've done this, but the first time we've seen them in costume. Right. And Peggy wants to borrow their dress to go to her wedding.
7: May I use your phone? I have to call a locksmith. I lost our keys when Steve knocked me over running from the squad car.
2: <laughs> so, what's new with you guys? Well, we were just trying to figure out a hobby for Bud You know, to keep him out of trouble Something he could do with Al Well, you guys could come over together in the morning and steal my paper
3: Uh, No, uh, my my mornings are for me
2: How about flying or polo? How about collecting original Picassos? Hell, I make minimum wage We can start with one of his bad ones
7: (laughs) They'll be over in an hour sure it'll just fly
2: by
4: (laughs) why is she saying that because you go to that house every single day like since when do you since when can't you wait to get out of there i i think in this instance it's because she's dressed like a hooker
6: Mm.
5: yeah they're dressed in a very embarrassing ways they don't want to be here because it's awkward as shit right now and they don't do what the cop says which is if you're going to spice up your relationship cheat
2: right yeah, well, you know, a hobby doesn't have to be expensive. When I was a kid, I collected baseball cards. Yeah, you too? Yeah, had some great ones. Well, my mother threw
4: them all out. Yep, mine too.
5: <clears throat>
4: Women. So Marcy uh, hates men when she was a kid, even. And she realized she doesn't need them because she has Barbies.
7: They hated me, but I didn't need them. I had Barbie. <laughs>
2: And I had a very special bathtub toy. (laughs) (laughs) Who's Barbie? Who's Barbie? America's favorite teenage fashion model. That's who. Oh, you mean a Barbie doll. Yeah, I had one of those. I gave it to my boyfriend Keith as a symbol of our love. He was gay as a debutante, you know?
7: (laughs) I still have my Barbie. She's been wrapped up safe and sound in her original box for 20 years now, just waiting for the day when I can pass her on to my little girl.
2: (laughs) Kelly had a bunch of that Barbie stuff. But to tell you the truth, I never understood the fascination with Barbie. But I could sure strip Ken with my teeth.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Did Did it cross your guys' minds? Did Barbie approve of this episode? Like, You know how like sometimes you don't want to be associated (laughs) with something like uh, Marrow Children's pretty established sort of what they were doing here at this point. Do do you need permission to have an actual, you know, I was
5: wondering that because also they sing the Gilligan Island theme song. They talk about Adam's family. Did they like at what point do they need to get permission? And at what point is it just a pop culture reference and it's fine?
3: I I think if it's something like Barbie, which is a specific name brand, I think I think who knows, maybe Barbie sponsored this episode. I
4: don't know. uh,
5: I don't think they do permission just because I think of how many TV shows, especially like nerdy ones like uh, Big Bang Theory and how much stuff they have in each episode, like even in the background. There's no way they go and get permission to use all of this stuff. I'm pretty sure they do.
3: I think that there's, I I heard an episode of, uh, I think the movie crypt, it might've been a long time ago where they had somebody on there who actually like, that's their job is to clear all the like logos and it's, it's actually a huge process apparently.
4: Yeah. I remember on Howard Stern a lot, whenever they did their, his ETV show, whenever Beetlejuice used to come out in a, a Superman outfit or anybody had one, they had to put a piece of black tape through the middle of it.
3: I met him before.
4: Beetlejuice. Yeah. Wow. Uh, guys, we're not talking about Michael Keaton. Look up the other Beetlejuice and Howard Stern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So even something like that, whenever they had pulling spring balls of water, they had to black it out. They had to do all that type of stuff just for this show. So yeah, I don't know. I like I don't know how how far it goes. I, we said too. Whenever the bunnies talk about Tang. Uh, it's really that Tri-C, you know, it's not really Tang. The beers are never really any kind of brand of beer. They sort of look like Budweiser or whatever, but it's really not, you know, it's like weird stuff like that. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to find out.
5: Did they have to ask Budweiser if they could make the joke about naming Bud after a beer or is that too vague to really? Do they actually Budweiser? No, because they just say, oh yeah, Bud was named after a beer, but they never say what beer. Yeah, remember we joked about that? Yeah. And I'm just wondering. I wonder if they had to go ask for permission. To, you know what? Next time we talk to Marcy. Uh, <laughs> no,
3: the, if they don't actually say it, then they don't have
5: to use permission. Yeah. I want to know that next time if we get Amanda back on the show. This is a big question I want to know. She directed 30 episodes. She has to have some kind of insight on this, I'd assume.
4: <laughs> well, she knows a lot about Barbie and Peg put a spin on it barbie is laying down getting a massage and she has like 10 kens around her <laughs> and uh marcy is totally disgusted by this she says you know like you're not going to turn it into a sexual like weird perversion thing like peg is so weird like even <laughs> like how is playing dolls in that way fulfilling to you at all it's like the, it's like the most juvenile thing ever uh, but. man but before we got to that scene though
5: uh, about getting Bud a hobby once Steve and Mar- Marcy show up was one of the, the best things ever to me. Um, Al and Steve connecting again because they both collected baseball cards. They both had their moms throw them out. How um, it was the greatest hobby in the world and women just don't get it. And Peg comes back with, no, Al, what I don't get is sex. <sighs> and then immediately Al just follows with, well, this is gonna be Buzz's new hobby, and Peggy goes sex. Yeah, sex. Like, yeah. The entire setup for that joke was fantastic, and then the the throwaway joke of the Elmer Fudd thing was like just just the cherry on top of that entire thing because it was such a random and in, like inclusion on the end of that joke, but it, it had me dying.
4: Well, it harkens back to the joke where you know Buck was getting all the dogs pregnant in the neighborhood. Peg asked for sex around that same time, and then uh oh, are you gonna fix the hole in the fence, Al? tomorrow peg and the other thing tomorrow peg you know the neighbors are complaining oh what are we bringing down the blocks average <laughs> you know like you think they're talking about one thing and he's still referring to something else or whatever she's like no i'm talking about the hole in the fence <laughs> you know and that's the same thing they did here they reversed it all and talked about the hobby and what he's not getting and is his new hobby and she goes back to the other thing so they do a lot of like curve jokes like that and they're o- they're always great payoffs it always works out
5: yeah, and how do y'all feel about the uh, smacking of the butt for good luck
4: thing in, in male sports? I never did it myself.
3: I never personally did it either,
5: but it happened to me.
4: <laughs> what, was
5: it an older gentleman? Will you show us on the doll where he touched you?
3: Uh, you know who? There was actually the person who did it most to me. Uh And all of us really was he was like a super athletic like black kid, but he like helped coach the the because he was really good, and I don't know he was like really into like all the traditions and shit. How old was he <laughs> uh he was like twenty one twenty two something like that,
4: and you were like a teenage boy, yeah. Oh, my God.
5: Man, see, I I just get... He
3: was not I, weird, though. Like, there was nothing weird about him. He like. was
5: just really into the whole sportsman yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, I, okay, I get it. But things that Peggy says that's kind of disturbing in this episode, and um, she didn't have Barbie growing up. What she had was a very special bath uh toy.
3: <laughs> that
5: was something else, man. Like, and then she talks about sh- she could strip Ken with her teeth. <laughs> like... Uh, I was just like, okay, you know what? I understand why Marcy doesn't like your version of playing with Barbies.
4: I think I, I get this now. <sighs> well, what she likes even less is the idea of Steve selling Marcy's Barbie to buy baseball cards. Uh, I like how it's, it's so special to her, but it only occurs to her when, you know, I guess Peg brings it up or somebody brings it up about, you know, hobbies. I guess she just somehow say well i used to do this so you know it's sitting in a box in the garage or somewhere and now she finally you know takes uh, interest in it but that happens when you have too many hobbies a lot of them do sit in boxes so uh that makes sense i guess but yeah so steve went ahead and did that
7: steve we've been robbed they took my barbie
2: not the one you were saving to give your daughter
7: And it was someone we know. They went right for her. Steve, find them. Find them and kill them. No, don't kill them. Bring them to me. I'll kill them. But not at first. First, I'll take a hammer and smash their toes. Little to big. Then if it was a man, and I know it was a man, I'll turn the hammer around. (laughs) Steve, get the cops Show them this I dug up this picture of her It was taken the night of her first date with
2: Ken (laughs) Uh, Marcy, why don't you come upstairs Lie down and have a good cry on my bed God knows it's used to tears Both sides, Peg (laughs)
4: This whole uh, aspect of, you know, Al and Steve sort of forcing this card thing on Bud. Do do you guys see yourselves forcing everything that you love in life onto your kids? Like, obviously me, I'm going to make my kid love everything I loved growing up. Like, he'll be a Ninja Turtle fan. He'll be a Simpson fan. He'll be a wrestling fan. He's going to be into, uh, you know... Batman the 1966 show he's going to be into like you know like all the uh, horror I guess on some level I'll try to get him into it the right way he'll be a Married with Children fan absolutely (laughs) like I'm gonna definitely and all this stuff is mostly TV hobbies I don't think I'm gonna get him into bowling or anything because I don't really care about bowling anymore and with my shoulder injury I'm pretty much done for life with bowling which is uh yeah a little sad but whatever uh, so w- do you guys see yourself definitely like molding your kid after your own hobbies and interests?
3: 100%. Um, I, I'm very into uh, making other people into the things that I am into. <laughs> uh, I get, I get really passionate about it. Like, because I just want people to feel what I feel, the excitement that I feel about certain things, whether it be you know, mixed martial arts or football or horror films or TV shows. Like when I watch a really good TV show, like is how much I enjoy it. I just like to share that joy with with others. So I feel like I would definitely, definitely, definitely put so much onto, uh, you know, a kid of mine (laughs) or whatever. And honestly, like I think that I would be one of those parents that like would like really push them into sports and athletics and stuff like that. Just because I think that it's super beneficial, and I wish that my parents had had pushed me more towards that as well, oh
4: yeah, what about you, Jerry? Are your kids gonna be retro game are they are they gonna be playing Mario Brothers or are they gonna make like <laughs> every other kid in the neighborhood and have a virtual headset on
5: uh i I just f- was thinking about how hilarious it would be if we all three have kids and they end up doing like. A podcast
4: together. Did <laughs> they ever do like a reboot of *Married I with Children*? Yeah, *Married with Children* fifty years later, guys.
5: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, some something like that. Um, uh, I really haven't put any thought into this. I, if I do have a kid, I'm sure I like Godzilla and and stuff like that, because I want them to see the things that I love. But I think I'm just I'm just one of those people that's just gonna like support them and whatever weird shit they want to get into. So you're going to let nature take its course?
3: Jerry's kid's going to be as lame as him.
5: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Which is still better than being as lame as Jeremy. So that's all that
4: matters. Wow. True. So, so you're going to let nature take its course on some level?
5: My dad did a, when, when he let them learn their own mistakes, let them go out and find themselves, let them go out and do them all himself, he, he would only step in when he absolutely needed to. And I feel like I'm going to be the same way where I'm going to let them kind of get into their own stuff and and let them breed as their own person. Ooh. Because I, I worry that if I push my stuff on them too much, they're not going to like... Like, my dad uh, pushed music on me and my brother, not playing music, but his music, like Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and stuff like that growing up. I, I'm the complete opposite. Now, my brother loves that style of music, but I'm the complete opposite. I don't like classic rock at all.
4: Well, you got to have tact. you just got to, like... Have these things on the TV. You got to have them around the house. You got to do these things, whatever you're into. You can't say, all right, son, I'm going to teach you about, uh, you know, Batman. Sit tonight.
5: down, little son. I want to show you about Godzilla.
4: <laughs> yeah, like that. You got to make You gotta make it seem so interesting that he wants to be a part of it. Like, wow, what's daddy so interested in? You know, that's how you do it. Uh, but, yeah, enough about that. So, because this will be a three-hour show. Three-hour show. It's important to repeat it. Yeah.
0: Bud, I am going to
1: kill you. Oh, yeah, today was book report day. How'd you do, Gil? How did I do? I had
0: a meeting with the principal. A three-hour meeting. A three-hour meeting. <laughs> Bud, you innocently mixed up Robinson Crusoe and Gilligan's Island. I told them that, but the principal didn't believe me. He just said, even you, Ms. Bundy, are not that stupid. (laughs) But he was wrong, wasn't he, (laughs) kid? Well, to make a long story short, I'm a laughingstock. You are going to die. And I'm suspended until I do a report on all the works of some guy named (laughs) Poe. You mean like the Telltale Heart? Yeah. You really know that
5: one?
4: And that look on her face, you he feel so sorry for her. She's like, <laughs> oh, you really know it? And it's like, oh, Kelly.
5: Especially after she just told us that the principal was like, not even you or this stupid. <laughs> right.
4: But you are. And then she falls for it right again. She didn't even sit down yet. And she's already falling for it again. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, my- someone with Cousin It.
1: Oh, right, with Cousin It. Well, sure, it's the one with Cousin It. (laughs) Really? Yeah, come on, I'll tell you all about it. (laughs) There really is a song in this one. Da-da-da-da.
4: She may not graduate, you know that big Like, oh, man, this is gonna, I'm gonna get an A this time. (laughs) a
5: This way, he even says, oh, this one has a song too. And she still doesn't get the hint.
4: Yeah. (laughs) She doesn't know the Adams. Listen, I was a Munsters guy. I never watched Adams Family. To me, that just looks stupid. Like, I don't know if it is stupid, but it looks stupid. I never got into it, but everybody knows that song. Come on, Kelly. How uncultural is she? Is it just like Axl Rose and, and Bon Jovi and David Lee Roth? I mean, is that all she's doing? Seems like it god so marcy thinks she was robbed she has no idea that she was robbed by her own husband he he says well you know I'm, i'll get it back and you know whatever we'll just lose the money we'll take a hit but t- turns out the story sold it to was robbed for real and uh that barbie god only knows where it would actually end up if that store was robbed but uh, it turns out to be, uh, they figure in the streets of Chicago. So, like we talked about earlier, they have this, like, montage that I really like, because um, I just love the mood, the setting, the lighting, uh, the music, them. I, I love, I love the silence. I love the montage aspect. I mean, just think, if they just shot them walking through the street and walking up to people and actually audibly talking to them, I don't think, I think there's a, a very artistic uh, thing here. I'm not saying, you know, this guy's like, you know, be something Toro or anything. I'm just saying like it, there, there, there's like a, there's something, a better layer to it the way they did it in that montage form, but it's still sort of real time. It's silent. There's just something cool about that. Cause then you actually get to get, they, they get to play with their reactions a little bit better. Like facial expressions, like we talked about, uh, Al, look look at Al. Yeah, even just the way they
5: look in comparison, Al being out there, not liking all the wind hitting them, being cold, not wanting to be out there, but Steve's walking around like... Focused. Like the most badass person ever, just walking up to people all cool and suave and like looking around and then showing them the picture.
4: Right. Like like he's doing something illegal. (laughs) Justin, I can't see you doing this. If you... We're in the same circumstance, and you stole your wife's, like, doll. Would you go through these lengths to get this doll back?
5: But keep in mind that your, your wife said that she was going to take a hammer and smash all the toes little from big and then turn the hammer around.
3: <laughs> it's hard to imagine that... It's, like, it's really hard to put yourself in a position where it would be, like, possible to do this. You know what I mean? Like, to just... Just think that it I, in my head, I'd be like, "All oh, that shit's long gone. I'm never gonna find this."
4: Yeah, you're right. So, that, no, <laughs> that is that is exactly what I would be doing. Like, I don't want to look like a bad husband. Like, I wouldn't do something like that for my wife. But I, I'm, I'm I'm with Justin. Like, I wouldn't believe it's it's even around. Like, I wouldn't think that I could walk around showing a picture of a Barbie, like some Polaroid of a Barbie, and anybody would even not just punch me in the face or even. Reply to me or take me seriously, like, or what are the chances I actually show it to the one guy who knows where this is because the place was robbed?
3: Yeah, your best bet would be eBay, honestly, and get a new one.
4: Well, then Marcy shoots that down by saying, "Well, that thing's not on the foot." So uh,
5: this guy, yeah, they got the they got the living hell beat out of them.
4: Yeah, for the, that the Barbie was tied to the back of a Harley and somehow it wasn't the right Barbie. And these guys kick the snot out of them and they go back home thinking, oh, well, we went through all that but we're done. No, you're not done. What?
2: <laughs> so my teeth are loose. But well, we got her.
7: Oh, Steve. That's not my Barbie. My Barbie has a little crescent shaped cut on the heel of her left foot. She got it jogging on the beach with Ken. <laughs> You don't
2: love me! (laughs) Al, those motorcycle guys hurt me. I know they did.
4: I would just be like, look, how hard is it to carve... I'd say where exactly was this thing so I could find it and what exactly does it look like and then I would just Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's funny. So they have a second montage, but it's it's cool though because um cuz he shows one a hooker, the picture of Barbie and she goes, "Oh yeah, I know I know where it is." So she signals and a girl walks over who looks like the Barbie doll, <laughs> who's a hooker too. And Steve just wants to leave, and Al's walking towards the girl like, oh, yeah, okay, great. But this – and it's funny. As soon as he did that, I was like, wow, would Al really go through with this? Like – but I went – Yeah,
5: Al has a weakness for blondes.
4: Oh, yeah, again. They make like they, – they make life worth living, don't they? Eh, I wouldn't know.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's
4: fine. So uh turns out this the, – the most ridiculous-looking – and this homeless guy, I swear to God, guys –
5: Why do you think he's homeless? Both of y'all have called him homeless, and I didn't feel like he was homeless. He looked like a a standard, like, just shifty guy, like a scalper or, you know, someone who's selling drugs, you know. It's like that. Anytime you see, like, someone selling something out of the back of their trunk or from underneath their coat, he looked like that. But I never thought he
4: looked homeless. Well, he didn't look like he just walked out of the shower. (laughs) (laughs) I mean –
3: Speak for yourself, because um, both of us didn't say that he looked homeless.
4: Oh, uh, I thought you said it also earlier, JB. Oh, Did you not? Nope. No? Okay, it was just Al? So you finally got him mad. It took 20 how many shows?
5: Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, Justin, do you think he's homeless?
3: Um, I'm trying to think what the guy looked like. Honestly, this is he's not in my memory.
5: This is literally the most non-important question I
4: know. that has ever been asked in this show. <laughs>
5: uh,
4: okay, then we'll gloss over it until he figures it out. Okay, Jerry. Uh, and this guy is homeless. I believe he shows up in an episode down the road where he knocks on the window and says, Hey, eight o'clock, Bundy, because Al was sleeping in the shoe store because Peg and her crazy people took over the house on a certain episode of a famous-
3: Boom, Jerry, you just got fanboyed.
4: I did just get fanboyed, but here's my question back to you. Did Steve ever give him $5? Was that the same guy? Wow. So he could have showed up before and after then. I think it's the same guy because I feel like the $5 guy was like way taller and skinnier. I might be wrong anyway because I kind of remember the name Clyde. Thanks a lot, Clyde. I don't know. We'll see. It's hard. I well, hate just because being... he's homeless doesn't mean he doesn't have a name. I hate being wrong, though, so I cannot uh, commit to this. Um... You have little faith. Yeah. Al had to fork over some money. He pulls out nothing out of his pants pockets as usual, and then somehow Steve is dumb enough to say, "We'll give him the cards." So Al now the guy knows he has cards, so Al hands him over, but he's reluctant and the guy goes to put a cigarette to the barbie's face and and of course he gets the cards hands over the barbie
7: it's time for no man to take a little break in the jiggly room i'm the dj and i'm gonna play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of merry with children Steve, you're the most wonderful husband in the whole wide world. <laughs> Let's go home.
2: Uh, Marcy, I think I need a dentist. I'm seriously hurt here.
7: Thank God you're all right. What say tomorrow we dress you in your red linen suit for the busy gal?
2: Making it red, I'm bleeding internally here.
7: I'm <laughs> <laughs> so glad you're <fragile>. okay. <laughs>
2: I don't think they should have children, Al.
4: I don't think anybody should.
0: <laughs> Mom, Dad, tomorrow I'm turning in my report on Poe's the Raven family, featuring Morticia, Gomez, and Thing, but I've been working really hard on this. So let's say that if I get an A, can I get my own car? <laughs>
4: Any kind you want, sweetheart. <laughs> Marcy's happy, and Kelly is dumb as a box of rocks yet again because she comes in, and this is when she's really becoming dumb. By the way, on the show, we didn't really mention that. Um, she comes in and says that she's very excited because she's going to be she's going to be getting an A for sure, with this (laughs) Adams Family, Edgar Allan Poe thing. (laughs) Like, oh, God. I actually
5: have to say something negative about Steve. Steve, you're an idiot. Why would you bring up that he has the baseball cards on there? Obviously, the guy was only asking for more because you were desperate. If you would have been like, no, we're tapped out, he would have given you the Barbie doll. You didn't have to get rid of the cards, you idiot.
4: Yeah. I guess he figured. Come on, Steve. Come on. I guess he figured uh, we have to give him something else. Uh, Al, anything. He's just giving him his watch, you know? Probably didn't work. Actually, it doesn't work. Give him his, your Steve's jacket. Steve's jacket
5: looks like a nice jacket. Give him that. Like, You know what? I think in this episode you deserve to need to go to a dentist for that. <laughs> one, you shouldn't have stole one of your wife's stuff and sell it no matter what it is. It doesn't belong to you. You don't take it and steal it. You're the thief here. And two, you're a smart dude. Get all the information you need before you go out there to find it. You know, oh, well, if I'm going to go look for your item, you know, is there any distinguishing marks I should know about? Don't just go out there and look for any Barbie that you have a picture of her in her first date with Ken on. Come on, man. You're smarter than this. <laughs> and then and then you, you're just going to once again steal the Barbie from the motorcycle people instead of going, hey, guys, is there any way I can get that? Like you didn't try to negotiate her. You're a banker. You negotiate loans with people. You should be able to do this and handle this. D- this entire episode, Steve, disappointed me just constantly. I can't believe I had to say that, but I had, I had to put it out there. Okay,
4: I'm good. Wow. Go ahead. Steve finally, finally got a, a ribbing from, from Jerry. I had to do it. Couldn't, couldn't be helped.
7: No, ma'am will be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Just type in www.facebook.com groups slash married with children podcast. Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to channels and search up married with children podcast. You can email them at MarriedWChildrenPodcast at gmail.com Thanks for checking out this review. Now the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's episode.
4: Let's uh, review this, baby. How many Ken dolls are we going to have? Massage Barbie out of five on this episode. Just it.
3: I don't know about this one, guys. Like I was kind of... Back and forth on it after I watched it, I think that I really like the stuff between Bud and Kelly because it's it's really, you know, classic married with children. Especially like the very first thing where like he not only does he take money off of her, but then he tricks her into into uh, doing it, getting it failing. You know, that's that's a pretty mean thing to do. Um, but I don't know. I just wasn't with the whole lost Barbie doll plot. I just I don't. <laughs> Just didn't think I cared that much about it. So I'm just going to come in with a, a three out of five Ken dolls, given Barbie a massage. Whoo,
4: man! Skated by with another three. Whoo! That was close. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> See, Jerry has this whole agenda where he feels Steve's misrepresented. He's not buying this Barbie thing either. Anyway,
5: I don't necessarily think Steve's misrepresented. I think Steve is is making—one he one bad decision led him into tons more. He, he wasn't—like, he, he got into this whole nostalgia thing about baseball cards with Al, and I don't know how that led him to finding a Barbie doll to sell. Like, I know they talked about selling stuff, but I don't know how that he randomly found a Barbie doll. Then took it to sell it, and it was obviously worth enough money to buy these expensive baseball cards, and he sold it not once thinking, well, if this is expensive, maybe it means something to my wife— Never thinks that because he's so nostalgia is one of the worst drugs you can ever be put on because <laughs> you can do some stupid stuff trying to chase that nostalgic high, and I think as Steve is is it is representative of that in this episode, and so that's why I'm actually not going to come in as low as you think I am. Mm-hmm. Um I actually really like this episode. I think it's got some problems. Don't get me wrong. But it's weird, it's, it's out there a little bit, and it was kind of a nice uh, breakup from the standard episodes we've been having. Well, I mean, I, last episode was about a dead Santa Claus, so not completely uh, standard. But I, I'm, I'm not, this is not an Earth Angel for me. I actually really like this. I actually give it a 3.5 out of 5. Um, I couldn't give it a 4. Because you don't really like it. That means I yeah it 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 had some really good jokes and there's so many jokes in this episode we didn't even touch this is an episode you have to watch because there there there's good jokes but then you have like the montage scenes which I like the montage scenes maybe went on a little too long I maybe seen had too many shots of newspaper just rolling across the street <laughs> like some kind of suburban tumbleweed uh like. Those maybe were a little bit long. I do think both of them were necessary and both of them were good. But maybe those could have been trimmed a little bit. Um, But I I can see myself going back and watching this episode when I want something from Married with Children. I don't want the standard because this episode goes completely left field and I kind of dig that. So 3.5 out of 5. So cut one of those uh, Barbie dolls in half like we had to do that roach one time.
4: (laughs) Whoa. Half a roach in the food. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, um, this is one of those episodes where as we talked about it, it got better for me, you know, our conversation improved my view of this episode. So, um, yeah, like we said, I love everything between Kelly and Bud. They're really getting great dynamics down. Um, Marcy has another stare off into space. What she'll do to the guy she captures who robbed her Barbie. That's classic Marcy. Peg is just so out there with this, like, fantasies that she's doing and this and that. So, I mean, it's it's whatever. She didn't have a big impact, but hers was felt. And it was, it was strange and definitely interesting to see a different side of Peg. Because sometimes I wonder about her. I wonder what she's into or what her... Likes or dislikes besides sex and shopping are, you know, like it's, it's actually interesting to see. But then again, this is sort of was about sex anyway. So, and Al and Steve are bonding again. That's always good. Bringing up the aspect of how they're like trying to force on their kids made me think about my life and how I, I i basically i'm like justin i force everything i'm into not force it but i push it on everybody because i feel like if i love it this much like oh man you guys you don't get it oh check it out watch you know like i have to have people sharing the stuff i love for some reason uh i is that why i I have the trancers trilogy on blu-ray right uh, now pretty much yeah
3: yeah i'm about to do that as well because i've always i not opposed i was never opposed to getting the Trancers films because I actually like Full Moon and I own like a a lot of their collection, but Trancers is just one that I never seemed too interested in. But I wasn't opposed to getting it. But now that you've had these glowing reviews, I guess I've, I'll have to check I've it out. Got,
5: JP, I won't I won't go into it as deep as I did like with Alex, but I actually really liked the first Trancers movie. Um, I I would have a lot of fun reviewing this series. I'm I'm probably actually gonna watch Trancers two today maybe. I got all three of them for like 30 bucks off eBay. So get cool. them, dude. I, I enjoyed the first, even if I only like the I'll first one. I'll have to get all six of them if I do it Ooh, because I'm a completist. Dude.
4: Save yourself.
5: Do not go for those. Wait, is a uh, four five and six even on Blu-ray?
4: No. No, I don't
5: think. I think it's in that old DVD box set.
4: Yeah. Oh yeah. Then I'll just, I'll skip that. But I will say the first transfers was a lot of fun. So yeah. And it only gets better as they uh, expand the characters. So and it just makes the first one even better. So yeah, uh so yeah, like I said, it's just uh I really enjoyed it now looking back and like I said, as a kid, this affected me so much to the point where that song stuck out to me. I looked it up and played it, you know, and uh added it to our show and this show is important to me, so anything any decision I make on it, it obviously means that it means something to me. So, uh, yeah, so if anything, if you guys who are listening to this don't like this episode, at least it gave us a cool thing to, uh, <laughs> to play on our show. So I give this uh, a 3.5 out of 5. Yeah,
5: right there with me.
4: Yeah, because if we're doing like the Netflix way, 3 has liked it, 4 has really liked it. I'm definitely between the two, so I just, uh, I like it to sort of really like it. Uh, but yeah, nothing, nothing amazing. We're not. I would never show this up. Epi- you know, if I had to show somebody uh, a married children, this would maybe on the bottom five. Yes. But uh, <laughs> I mean, there, I'm sure there's worse as. But this is only like right now. I'm sure as we get into season, you know, eight, nine, and ten, there may be ones lower. But who knows? Uh, yeah. So that's it, guys. We gotta go because. Guys, it's time to, to leave the Jiggly Room and, and do some montage walking now in the in the city streets because uh, we gotta find something out there. Yeah. Hey, can we do that? Uh, do it to that uh, '80s
5: song. Who can it be now? Who can it be, be now? I feel like
4: that's the song that us three <laughs> should walk walk with. You wanna? Okay. What are we gonna find, by the way? Do you guys know? Oh, it'll find us.
5: Ooh.
4: Found it! Don't! Let's just stay here and look at chicks then.